This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Sidney Crosby, the Penguins captain, is plus 3,500 to win NHL MVP on the Bet River Sportsbook. I'm sold. A goal and two assists in the opener. If only the Penguins could play Arizona every game. This is the Madden Money Bets podcast. Bet now from anywhere. That's the Bet River's credo. I feel like that should be on the dollar bill as well. The Penguins are plus 2,100 to win the Stanley Cup. Arizona is plus 50,000, and that is all the people need to know. I wish there was an over-under on goal scored over Matt Murray's glove. I'd bet over, as in over the glove, no matter what the number was. Montreal buried four in the same spot, that spot, in that opening game. Yikes, that's the thing in the Eastern Conference. I don't trust the goalies on most of the good teams. I don't trust Murray in Toronto. I don't trust Anderson in Carolina. I don't trust Bob in Florida. I don't trust Swayman in Boston. I do trust Shesterkin in New York with the Rangers. And Vasilevsky in Tampa. They're the two best goalies in hockey. I'm hoping Jari can get there. I'm not even sure who the Arizona goalie was in the Penguins opener, but he made 50 saves. That was the kind of game Mario Lemieux would have got seven points and bitch because it should have been 10. Let's bring on Tim Benz. Now, Tim, I repeat, if only Pittsburgh could play Arizona every game. I thought that, and on a gambling level, my next couple bets will be overs in games involving the Coyotes and puck lines for whoever the Coyotes' opponent is because you don't have to bet as much, and you're probably going to win. Yeah, but what if they play Philadelphia? Although the Flyers won their opener. Beat, be twice. <laughs> beat, beat the devil silly. Well, Mark, what I'm worried about is you talked me into that bet, and I think you're spot on about it. Your logic was totally sound about the Golden Knights not making the playoffs. And They're the not going to make the playoffs, no. Being under 98.5 points. I'm in on both of them, but we're not going to get any help from Arizona on that out west. That's what I'm worried about. How about Travis Sanheim signed that eight-year deal at like six mil a year, the Philadelphia defenseman? That's like one of the worst deals for one of the most mid players yeah. I've ever heard. When I heard they beat New Jersey four to one, I said, Well I hope Sanheim scored every goal for Philadelphia because otherwise I don't get it. My first thought when I saw that one was do they think they're the Yankees and do they think that the cap doesn't exist? That just doesn't seem worth it to me. And I know you can space out these cap hits, but that's not the kind of guy you do that with And the cap's going way up. It's gonna go up by like ten or eleven million uh 
I don't know if it's next year or the year after, but that's the projection. You know, once they get finally clear of, of the financial damage done by the pandemic. Uh, but, but those MVP odds, how about Sid at, at 3,500, which I get. He's not a favorite, although I think I still think you can make the argument that he's the second best player in hockey after McDavid. I mean, he's right there with McKinnon and Matthews and no lower than I would say fourth or fifth overall. I go to the fourth or fifth ranks. Yeah, I think there's more of a clear divide than what you're suggesting. But, see, I don't know. Is he going to get the points to pop in the voters' eyes? I agree with your previous statement. Tim, right now he's on pace to get 250-some <laughs> points. Well, like you said, how many times do they play the Coyotes between now and then? Well, what I, here's what I don't get, though. And I know odds are designed to, you know, stimulate money, action, yeah. get the money in there. Since plus 3,500... Jack Eichel from the aforementioned Vegas Golden Knights is plus 2,500, okay? I wish I could get a bet that Jack Eichel won't get one vote for MVP. Over, under, on vote totals. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to do, like, I'd like to bet that Sid gets more votes than Eichel right now. Boy, is that easily manipulated. <laughs> like, you could find somebody like an Eichel or somebody even worse and say, this guy is not going to get a vote or this guy is going to get a vote, and you could be a voter. You know, like, you you can control that. I would, that's like the national anthem at the Super Bowl. I always want to find out who's singing the national anthem and become friends with them so I know exactly how long it is then bet the house. Well, in 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 a relevant note that's more serious, uh, anything that people vote on is a shady bet by nature. Uh, not that people are fixing it, but, uh, for example, I have uh, a bet on Kirk Cousins to win National Football League MVP. Because his odds were, were like plus 4,000, I think. And I know he's almost certainly not going to win it. But if you transfer his stats from last year to this year and they win the division, he should definitely be in the running. But the problem is I just don't think that they would ever vote Kirk Cousins MVP. He could have 70 touchdowns, two interceptions, lead the league in passing yardage and rating, and he wouldn't get MVP. Yeah, the only voting that I can think of where you've got a chance for an out-of-nowhere person that's huge odds is like you could occasionally do it in Con Smythe. You could occasionally, like Brad Richards, you know, um, you could occasionally do it in baseball playoffs because you might get a starter that gets two wins. Um, you know, we've been, I've been doing a lot of stuff on the uh, anniversary of the NLCS. Like, Lloyd McClendon batted 700 that series. Like, can you imagine what that would be if you What was he, like 7 for 10? He was uh, 8 for 11. My God. Yeah. Drabeck lost three games, right? Drabeck lost three games. That's smoke. incredible because he was – was that his Cy Young year or was it before no, that? No, 90 was his Cy Young year. Right, but he was still very good. Yeah, and I think in the last two games – we lost to Smoltz twice. And I think the last two games he was pretty good. Heck, he pitched in the ninth of the shutout in Game 7. Let's so. take a brief sidetrack because I like I like the story you did about that, that loss of 92, Game 7 of the NLCS. If you had to narrow down who blew it to one guy, who would you say? Randy Marsh. What do you mean? The umpire. At home plate? Yeah, not not for the call on Bream, but on the Because I thought Bream was safe, barely, but I yeah. thought he was safe. Although that would have been reviewed today. That's right. I talked to a lot of those guys mentioned that. Like today, maybe he's out, but what a terrible ending that would be. Like you would not have – you're never going to get that ending again is what people were saying. And they're right because you get reviewed and it would take 20 minutes. Well, so how did Randy Marsh blow it? The is there something I'm forgetting? The balls and strikes on Damon Berryhill. Belinda had him – through two perfect strikes that were called balls. That walk reloaded the bases. It got everybody moved up one spot. And then Brian Hunter flared out behind second base to Chico Leaned. 
Cabrera came up and got the base hit. Uh, I thought Chico Lean blew it for making that error, simply because he never makes errors, and he did. Lloyd McClendon told me a story that I used in the trib. He said in pregame warm-ups, Tommy Sant was, you know, warming everybody up, and they are getting towards the end of it, and he hit Chico Lean, his last ground ball, and he said it went to the exact same spot where he made the error. He went to his backhand. He booted it. Tommy started to throw him another one and hit it with the fungo bat. Chico said, I'm good. <laughs> I don't think the extra fungo would have helped, but, yeah, there's some. It's just that eerie sort of thing. Some that, foreshadowing yeah. there, to be sure. Now, um, uh, turning back to the Penguins, Penguins, uh, I believe, need a good start because they have, what is it, seven or eight road games in October, including a trip to Western Canada. Now, it should be noted, the Penguins wanted that. They wanted as few home games as possible in October because that's when they draw the least. But it makes for the potential of a, of a tough start. It does. A bad start. But as I wrote today in the Trib, and I feel really strongly about this, this is when they should make hay. Like, I was trying to analyze that game last night against the Coyotes, and I'm like, well, you know, it's the Coyotes. They stink. Uh, how much do you want to hang your hat on this? But this is when they should play well because they're fresh. They're old, but they're fresh. They looked fresh. They look like they got jumped. Got to accumulate points then. Got to accumulate points before the injuries start to mount. And, Mark, I think their chemistry, their cohesiveness, how much they know each other, how much they like each other, they all work to keep these contracts together, all the good vibes of the locker room staying together – capitalize on that now and while other teams are trying to find their way and gel with new players especially the forwards up front for the penguins there's a lot of familiarity there that they can lean on no question and that showed against uh against arizona but like i said not the ideal opponent by which to measure but you needed those two points yeah and you know like jake gensel making no look passes and drop passes to sid actually looked like they knew what they were doing on the power play a couple times you saw the one goal and there was a nice pop there i thought like a a knowledgeable reaction from the crowd when it was Malkin from Crosby and Latang. Like, hey, you know, these guys stayed together right away, game one. They get one when all three of them hook up. You know what's, uh, what's, what's funny, though? Their power play, I mean, it was two for six. And that's pretty good. Their penalty kill was three for five. That's not so good. But the power play, you know one thing I've come to realize about their power play? Because they have all the components to have a good power play, except one. They don't have a point guy. I mean, that's why their power play is so hit or miss and why it looks haphazard a lot. And I'm not knocking Tanger, but Tanger would be better served on the left half wall. There's just no one to truly play up top like a Gonchar or back before that, way back before that, Sergei Zuboff. I was just going to ask you, when's the last time... Gonch. They've, I was going to say, when's the last time they have, they've had a forward that really ran the power play? Well, Kovalev? Mario. Kovalev? No, Mario. Oh, okay. Well, yeah... I, was Co- I mean, Kobe was gone before Mario retired. Because Mario, see, that was a different type of power play, though. Mario quarterbacked it from the left half wall. That was the reset point. With these guys, there's no automatic reset point. I was thinking of when, like, the KLS line was, like, 2000, the year after they lost to the Devils in the Eastern Conference right. Champions. That would have been 2002. And they kept the KLS line together for a little while. And Mario had was out for a lot of that yeah, year. Yeah, Kobe did his share. Yeah, like like, it's not always who plays up top. It's who the automatic reset point is. Okay, when things are kind of sloppy, who do we give it to to reset it? There's no guy like that on this power Didn't play. The Oilers kind of do that with Gretzky behind the net a little bit sometimes. They like to say they did. I mean, him behind the net on the power play, it happens so rarely, but they made a meal out of it in terms of PR.
Gotcha. All right, so that was more of a uh, <laughs> the Steelers' defense is still good kind of thing. It's not. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, who's Let's your say it enough? It'll be true. Who's your Stanley Cup pick? Uh, my Stanley Cup pick was I, I picked Colorado to repeat. See, I don't. Th- I think unless they make a deal at the deadline that replenishes their second line, I mean their second line has Erod on it right now. I was going to say I couldn't pull the trigger on Calgary. And Calgary lost Goudreau anyway. Yeah, but they reset nicely. They got Huberto in that deal, and they got Kadri. I'm not sure they're not better off. Although a player like Kachuk who can bang and score in today's NHL is is, is really hard to find. Exactly. Um, so I couldn't pull the trigger on them. I decided to go to Colorado and sit. And I'm in your school of thought about the East, which is whether it's goaltending or not, I just... I'm not in love with any Eastern team enough to pick them to win the Cup. I'm in love with Toronto, but I can't bet on Murray. That said, if you made me bet right now, and I'm not sure I'm going to and haven't yet, I would have Toronto at plus 1,000, but I don't believe in them. Same with Edmonton at plus 1,600 with Jack Campbell. I don't believe in them. Uh, I'll tell you what's not bad value for money, even though they got killed uh, just last night by the Rangers, is Minnesota at plus 2,100. Uh, and the Penguins are plus 2,100, too. They're not terrible value at that price either. What did you think of the minus 400 versus plus 300 for the Penguins to make or miss the playoffs? It was minus 400 if you're going to bet on them to be in the top eight, basically. It was plus 300 if you're going to get a bet in against them making the playoffs. I think they're going to make it. I think they're they're almost a lock, barring grievous injury to a key guy. Sid. Yeah. And maybe Malkin or Tanger. Tanger. No, Tanger. What about goaltending, too? What about Jari? He's I think Jari's going to take a step up this year. I think he's their well, biggest toe. in terms toe. of injury. Oh, yeah. If he gets hurt, they're done. Like, as we've witnessed not yeah. too long ago. Okay, who's who's your pick to win the MVP? I, I Like I said, I bet it's stayed at 3,500. How about McDavid's at two, plus 250? Yeah. That's pretty good odds for a guy who's almost that's, certainly that's going was, to win it. That's why I was going to say McDavid, because it's so much. Yeah, if you bet 1,000 on McDavid, you'd pick up 2,500. And you've got a pretty good line that your $1,000 isn't going to be lost, you know. Unless he gets hurt. But that's for anybody. You run that risk with anybody that you bet. You know, it's funny, too. Like, I've heard it said that it's tougher for him because he's on a team with Dreisaitl, who could usurp some of what he does. But that never happens. And Leon Dreisaitl's not spending one minute of one day pretending he's Connor McDavid. He will always take a backseat. Yes, and we should know that here in Pittsburgh. It's not like Mario and Yager ever struggled with points when they were on the same team with each other. Now, here's an interesting bet. Uh... Even if McDavid doesn't get MVP, he's a lock to win the scoring title if he stays healthy. He is he is even plus one hundred. That's like a slight. You'd have to bet. That's just a big, right? You yeah. bet one ten to win the hundred. He's nearly a lock. Exactly, and that makes a lot of sense again, unless you're worried about injury. And I'm a little surprised. This might speak to the point that you frequently make about this when it comes to acumen on betting from the odds makers. You can find some soft lines more readily in hockey than other sports. Yes, because they're not as familiar with the game. Yeah. No question. And there's not, like, for instance, in soccer, there's so much European interest and influence. They get it exactly right. They get it right. Which is why I suck at betting it. But I'll give my picks anyway later. And it's not extraordinarily popular, especially it wasn't before, you know, uh, things became legalized to bet on a ton of hockey. Uh, there are still some soft areas where you can find to make money, I think, on this sport. And, and sometimes, and there, this is organic, sometimes the league gets in a rhythm where, like, every game hits over or under 
on a given night for a couple weeks in a row. I mean, no kidding. I don't know what it is, but that has happened. You're talking about like you're just going to find Wednesdays and bed unders or something like that, or I, like I said, it's tough. Like I remember there was a period where it kept going over, 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 over. It was like the the safest bet going. Yeah, and I I think that was well. We found out there was a real launching point for unders right before the end of last season. I think it was where everything was just going under, and it just felt. People get really conservative going to the playoffs, especially in the East. You're right. It changes as the season goes deeper. Yeah. and That's true. If that top eight, bottom everybody else thing happens in the East, that was lucrative last year when, like, the top eight teams would play everybody else. Now, uh, here's one more hockey note before we move to football. Uh, the Norris odds, the top defenseman, McCarr, who's the best defenseman, he's plus 135 defending Norris winner. Roman Yossi's at plus 750. If it's close, I could see him getting the lifetime achievement nod. Might I add the respect Chris Letang never got. It's kind of funny when I hear talk about how great Roman Yossi is. Chris Letang's had a much better career than Roman Yossi. He just has, but he's kind of flavored du jour right now along with Kale McCarr. And I also think there's, I don't want to say it's feeling guilty because I think McCarr was deserving last year, but Yossi had such a good year in a lot of other years, he gets it. Right. So, so, so like, at 750, that's not bad value, is right, it? Right, exactly, because it's one of those deals where maybe if people look at the two of them, if it's even this year, it's not. And people go with Yossi. Well, let's move on to the NFL, Tim. And, uh, and I'll give you my pick of the week right off the bat. Steelers, uh, excuse me, I got Tampa giving the Steelers eight. Okay, I would bet on any team giving the Steelers eight right now. I think the Steelers are that bad, and I think they're kind of screwed up in the head with the way things have gone, don't you? Especially with the secondary as banged up as it is. Right. You know, Even if some of the guys who were held out of practice end up playing, they're playing compromised, and they're playing against Tom Brady. And they're playing against wide receivers in a passing game with Brady that's starting to get in gear a little bit more. So, I'm Mike Evans you. is back, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's not good. Um, one thing I wouldn't bet on is the touchdown odds for any Steelers wide receiver. Like, maybe they're just due. What if you could bet that they won't get a touchdown from a receiver all season? (laughs) I wouldn't make that bet. They'll get one eventually. I might make it just so I could say on the air that I made it. Like, you know, they might get one of these, you know, where it's 27 to 3 going into the Bet like 10 bucks that the receivers don't score a touchdown all year on, like, you know, the odds would be unbelievable, right? And then when, like, Deontay Johnson goes, well, congratulations, you scored a touchdown. Way to go. <laughs> it was. It would be worth the 10 bucks just to stick it you know where. Plus, I think Pickens is good enough to, to get one soon. But how, how about who was it? Was it uh, Matt Canada said Deontay's the number one receiver? Yes, he watched his own team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Pickett's, I mean, and don't get me wrong, that's not an insult to Deontay, his drops duly noted, but that's what he is. He's a real good number two receiver. I saw somebody on Twitter before we hit the uh, podcast today talking about um, everybody overhyping Calvin Austin. Like, when's Calvin Austin going to play? How close is he? What is he going to do? Like, it's a perfect example of something you bring up all the time, which is if we can invent anything. To, to fix it. To make ourselves. It can't be fixed. Right. It can't be fixed. Not this year. It's also like. We just did. You, you fix the quarterback. You change the quarterback. Washington has a cornerback who's pretty good to once traded, right? A cornerback? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I think William Jackson. You're talking about William I think, Jackson? I think yeah. so, yeah. That's he, the guy that the Steelers wanted and the he, Bengals took him. He says they're playing too much, man. He likes to play zone. He wants out. Meanwhile, you know, the liar wants out because they're one and four. 
Okay, I saw a bunch of tweets. The Steelers need to get him, right? Because that'll solve everything. Because they think Minka solved everything when they traded for him. Minka didn't solve anything, and I stand by my opinion then that that was a poor trade. As good as Minka is, it's not what they needed. Safety's not that important. They might have done better with that pick. Not that season, but with the pick, potentially. Because, yes. you know, they could have gotten Herbert or a quarterback uh, of, of good degree, good pedigree. Do you agree with my theory that is just published now at TripLive.com that Tomlin has usurped too much power, he's the coach, he's the defensive coordinator, he's the GM, and that the team suffers because of it? I do, and I certainly disagree with the position on the other side from Mike Florio, who I think looks like a moron on this one. He went from a really good... You know, inside football guy to a total crackpot. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why, but never mind. A lot of it's politics. Yes. And, you know, he is so left with his representation and his former representation as a lawyer. Like, his big thing is just side with the union brotherhood on anything. Anything. Yeah. And that bleeds over to other. But, but, but Tomlin has too much power. Especially with the draft. Because you look, they've, they've mangled the draft for years. They've ignored the trenches in the draft for years. But, but, and they hired a bean counter to be GM so Tomlin could run roughshod over the football part. Meanwhile, he goes on this screed, uh, not only on the air, but I think also in Who, Florio. Yeah, Florio, where he says Tomlin doesn't have any control. This is the hand he was dealt. He has all the control. The hand he Tim, was dealt. Tim, everybody knows that, right? He has He's all like the control. He's a blackjack dealer at the casino here dealing himself a hand. Right. You right. know, like he's giving himself a 21. What he thinks is a 21. The problem is it's more like a 14. There are some people, like like Mike Florio, Aditi Kikabwala, I could name probably three or four more. I just dismiss everything they say. Well, the other thing I don't take anything they say seriously. To that point. So let's let's spin it to the other side then. Okay, Florio, he, he has nothing to do with the roster. Nothing to do with the roster. So if they're 4-1 right now, and they just beat Buffalo 38-3, to and I go on Twitter and I say, you know what? Tomlin's got nothing to do with this roster construction. Oh, give the man some credit. What's the agenda here? Why are you not giving him any credit? I don't think there's been any evidence in the past 11 years that Mike Tom was an elite coach. None. And it hasn't been an elite team, which is why I'm so surprised that everybody else Yeah, but they had better components than how they've done in the playoffs in those 11 years. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Like, they've underachieved, and I trace that to him because look at Ben. I mean, as bad as Ben was down the stretch, he probably should have retired in 2019 when his elbow blew up. They went 9-7-1 last year with him eking out fourth quarter wins, and now they stink. Well, Mark, it's not just the playoffs, too. It's been the way they've collapsed in some seasons as well, and there are a lot of folks kind of in the Florio camp that work to give Tomlin outs for that. Like, for instance, 2018. All that 2018 Steelers team wasn't all that good. They were good enough to be 7-2-1. and and then they missed the playoffs. Oh, well, you know, they had Duck and Mason for crying out loud in 2020. They were 8-5. and five. And they blew it. And they couldn't beat well, the Jets. He, he has overseen a host of late-season collapses in addition to playoff losses. Yeah. Um, you know, they almost gagged themselves out in 2015, which is ironic because that's one of the years they've actually – well, they got one of their wins, one of their playoff wins since the Super Bowl. You know, remember they lost to Ryan Mallett in Baltimore in that late season. Tim, it's like I always say, in times of unrest, people turn to the voice of unrest, and that voice is me. I feel like Wagner should be playing in the background. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to a game that I'm really intrigued with. New York Jets are getting 7.5 at Green Bay. Jets are 3-2. and two. The boy toy looks pretty good at quarterback. I'm tempted to bet the Jets on the money line at plus 280 because Green Bay don't look so good, do they? 
They don't. They should have beaten the Giants. They let that one slip right through their fingers. You know what I see happening with Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers is already, ah, man, we're not too good. He kind of doesn't play so hot because of it. I look at them in the central, or the north, excuse me. I look at uh, the Ravens and the rest of the north. There's just a couple divisions right now where there's, I think, fading teams. Like the Bengals are fading based on what they were last year. There are fading teams, and no one's there to take. Yeah, that's right. No one's there to grab it. No one. Do you think the Jets might? The Giants might? Either of them? Uh, I don't think the Jets are going to grab it in the East because Buffalo's really good. Well, but I mean, you know, being the wild card hunt. Potentially, but I think there's going to be so much middle. That coach is pretty good. See, like, I think what's going to happen is you're going to still find teams like the Jets on the outside looking in because they're going to improve. They might win a couple games that they don't deserve to win. Maybe they get to, like, six or seven wins this year, maybe eight, but... There's going to be so many teams. There might be three teams in the north that have nine wins or eight wins. That's just going to keep the rising teams like the Jets and the Jaguars. The Steelers and, won't be one of those, will no, they? they won't. The, the Steelers might be well, Okay, so who do, you, who do you like, Jets or Green Bay in that one? I'm going to t- if you're going to give me a touchdown with the way Green Bay has been playing, I'll take the touchdown. What about money line? Nah, give me the touchdown. Okay. I'm not uh, feeling that ambitious on Seven that and one. a half at, at the Bet River Sportsbook. Okay, let's move across. Uh, well, actually, it's the same stadium. The Giants plus five and a half against Baltimore. That's at uh, New York. Uh, New York's four and one. How much do you believe in them? Uh, not enough to pick them against Baltimore. I, I like the Jets better than the Giants. How about you? No. No, I think the Giants are more sound on defense. And uh, I think so long as Barkley is healthy, like if you put those two and play them against each other, I would take the Giants right now. Uh, okay, here's the big one. Biggest game of the year so far. Maybe yeah. the biggest game of the year, period. Buffalo minus three at Kansas City. Uh, who do you like there? I like the Bills. I'm going to pick them. This is the first time ever Mahomes is a home dog. It's never happened before. Um, I don't think that KC can score like they used to against a defense like Buffalo's enough to keep up like they did last year without Hill. I think Buffalo has a slightly... I think Allen's a slightly better quarterback than Mahomes, slightly. I think Buffalo's a better team. If they are vulnerable, Buffalo, on defense, it's because their secondary is so banged up. But the biggest weapon right now by a country mile for Mahomes is Kelsey. Right. And he's not going to test the secondary deep, per se. If you And they've got some good linebackers that can cover. What about Juju? Well, there you go. He is the X Factor. How about Kelsey scored Would four? Would you ever wear a Juju jersey, a Juju Kansas City jersey? No. How about because <laughs> I'd have to buy it. Uh, how about Kelsey scored four touchdowns in the game like Al Bundy? That's, <laughs> tremendous, that's tremendous, isn't it? Yes, it is. I, I like to watch it because Gabe Davis, did he get four against them last year in that game? Do you know who played the big rival, the big high school rival of Al Bundy in the series Married with Children, the football rival? Who was it? Bubba Smith. Did he really? Bubba Smith played. He didn't use the name. He played a character, but he, he was the guy who Al beat with the four touchdowns oh, you know in the of? city championship game. I was going to say Ed Too Tall Jones, but he was on different strokes. He was not. <laughs> what porn star often appeared as Al's object of desire in the shoe shop? And she would say, hello, shoe man. Is it Tracy Lords? No. no I don't Give me a hint. She was a frequent guest on my show. Uh. Terry uh, uh, Weigel. Oh, really? Terry Weigel. Yes. I was going to say. I was, I was Brianna Banks is who I was going to say. Uh, no, but should have done it. <laughs> uh, okay, give us a quick college pick, Tim, because I, I hate college football. You like it. 
Yeah, I'm going to Syracuse Clemson next week. I'm going to go with NC State. Uh, I liked it a lot more at plus four against Syracuse. I think NC State is worthy of their record. I think Syracuse is a less than worthy 5-0. I love that we've won four games, but five games. I count four and a half because one was against Wagner. But uh, I think the ride starts to end this weekend. If NC State doesn't win outright, they cover. And then the reality is next week against Clemson. Okay, I got uh, I got three Premier League picks. I only I only bet two. I haven't. I actually have. I'll tell you who I bet. I, I made. I, I bet Liverpool to draw against Man City at Liverpool. That's plus three thirty. Liverpool are not in a good way. Uh, two wins, uh, two losses, four draws. Aren't going to win the title. Might have to fight to get in the top four Champions League. But it's at home. The season either restarts here for Liverpool or it's pretty evident where it's going. So I think they do at least muster a tie. Is this your Jets game here? What's that? Is this your the Liverpool Jets game? Is that what this is? I wish you hadn't phrased it that way, but maybe. <laughs> and, uh, and City are a juggernaut right now, albeit with a few players hurt. Uh, although Liverpool have a few players hurt as well. So I got Liverpool and City drawing. I got uh, Newcastle plus 280 against Man United. I think Newcastle, uh, I mean... It's not based on current form because United's been pretty good, but I just I think Newcastle's on the rise and United's not, although they finally got a decent manager with Eric Ten Hag. And here, here's something that I should do more often. You take a bunch of favorites playing crappy teams and you parlay them. I oh, won yeah. a couple bets. Yeah. like uh, So parlay Spurs, Spurs over Everton, Arsenal over Leeds, Chelsea over Villa. Parlay those three. You get kind of close to even money. There you go. The Premier League, is it, I don't want to say upset proof, but is it a lot harder to get upsets of that caliber because of the draw and the willingness for teams to play to a draw? It's 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 more upset proof this year. Well, no, actually, I'm going to go, it's less upset proof this year. I don't know. It, you know what? The results tell me it's it's uh, less upset proof. Okay. But, but except for Liverpool, unfortunately. The, the, uh, my, but, but what I'm seeing tells me it's it's uh, more upset proof. I don't know. I mean, see, this is why I'm not winning money, Tim, because I can't. I can't. Uh, the fact that they're still recovering the pandemic because the seasons are still running long and starting early because yeah. the calendar's not quite totally back to normal. Even more so this year because of the World Cup interruption, and that's and that's hurting Liverpool more than most teams, right? I, I hate making excuses. But last year we played 67 games because we played the maximum games in all four competitions we were involved in. The league, which has a finite amount, 38. Then, you know, we played uh, 29 more games between Champions League, FA Cup, and League Cup because we made the finals in every one, winning the FA and League Cup. So, uh, and a lot of players this year, whether they want to admit it or not, they're not going all out. And if they're nursing an injury, they don't play because they want to be ready for the World Cup. Oh, all right. and, and you know, and I think that sucks because their employer is who they should be beholden to. But that's not how soccer works. Well, you, like you've always said, club over country, right? Oh, uh, like I hope every team in the World Cup that has a Liverpool player goes out as quickly as possible, so nobody gets hurt. But like you look at like uh, like Reese James, the Chelsea right back, who's supposed to start for England, he might have blown out his knee, and now might be out for the World Cup. And I don't care. Uh, like it's funny too, because Kyle Walker. The other right back, he's hurt. He might be out for the World Cup. Trent Alexander-Arnold from Liverpool, who's having a terrible year, who England's manager hates, might now be thrust in. But he's hurt for us right now, too. But he'll be ready for the World Cup and probably go to the World Cup and get knocked out for the year. Well, 
that's the soccer gods working and conspiring. I, I got one more. I hate to be so optimistic. I got one more football one for you. Unders on Thursday nights. I know these have been bad teams lately, but unders are th- on Thursday nights are a good bet. Thursday night is the enemy of the people. <laughs> I agree. As, as is the guy who sells me coffee down here at, at Bet Rivers. That's Tim <laughs> Ben today. That's Tim Ben Zumbart. Man, thank you for listening to uh, Madden Money Bets here on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, BetRivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.